podcast on the net that replaces the roll of toilet paper when it's out. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> oh, um, oh, wow. <laughs> it's been one of those weeks, man. I'm sick. Yeah. Leave me alone. I'm Eric Marner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. <laughs> How's it going? Hey, good. <laughs> oh, that was good. Uh, I was hoping I'd get a laugh out of you. Oh yeah, uh, that was so ran- that was so random that I'm like, oh, that that actually worked. Oh, I, I thought of it random. five minutes ago. So yeah. <laughs> so you're sick right now, or oh, still fighting off this flu epidemic that's been going around. Um, and uh, I'm just I'm following the same symptoms that uh, everybody else that has it seems to have: sore throat. Then you feel better for a couple days. Then your sinuses get majorly attacked. Then you feel improving a little bit, and then you have headaches, and then you f- and it lasts like three weeks. Just never. That's why I didn't uh, stop in at your house the other day. I was like, I'm I'm not comfortable enough yet to be around other people. Gotcha. All so right. eventually, I'll get over it, and we'll get on with things. But Good. as it is now, thank God for Skype because we can yes. communicate and do the show, and we don't have to worry about infecting each other. Yeah. With anything except for brain rot. Speaking yes. of brain rot, let's get to the roulette. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, last week we did a blind. Uh, I had April Fool's Day, and you had Tooth and Nail, I believe. Yes. Uh, so this should be interesting. Um, I'm going to go first because my review might be fairly short this week, unless okay. you got a chance to watch April Fool's Day. Did you watch it? I, I didn't. I wanted to, and in fact, tonight I was going to try to watch it, but uh, with with family, kids, everything, I... I wasn't able to, but I really wanted to watch it because I know you had you had talked to me a little bit about the fact that it's kind of going to be spoilerish, so you got to really watch what you say. So it's I, I, it's so spoilerish, in fact, that I I can say almost nothing about it except that it is a uh, one of those '80s slasher movies set on a I guess holiday, so that's going to have some themes to that, but it also has some themes to '80s slashers set on those holidays, kind of cheesy and what have you. Um, I, I honestly, I, I can't say, I can't say anything about this movie. I mean, it it has to do with the ending, and um, I don't want to say you'll either love it or you hate it because I'm kind of undecided. Uh, I'll say this: I didn't, I didn't, I don't, I don't even want to say, I don't even want to say I didn't see it coming because then you're expecting a twist. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I, gotcha. So I, I don't want to say really anything about it. Um, I definitely think you should watch it. Um, I, I don't know if you'll love it or hate it. I, I honestly okay. don't know. I don't think you'll hate it, though. I think I think you'll be okay with yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, as far, I, that, as, far that, as the actual ending, I, I have no idea what you will think about the ending. Okay. And I I'll, don't want to uh, say that, any more than that. That'll probably be the next movie that I watch, that or whatever I choose on roulette, because I'm kind of caught up, other than rewatching uh, movie 43, that's a, which is on my pile. I really burned through a lot of movies, so I, that's kind of next on my list of things to watch that I've been wanting to... To watch so uh, April Fool's Day will probably be next up. Good because once you've watched it, then I don't have a problem doing spoilers on it because I don't think okay. a lot of our audience is going to watch it. And if yeah. you are remotely interested in that audience, go watch it within the next week or two. 
Yeah. Because we're going to talk about it full spoilers. Because, <laughs> and it's a slasher from the 80s. You've got you've you've had more than enough time to find it, so <laughs> it's yeah. on Netflix. We're telling you, get it done. <laughs> yeah, got it. Um, I guess I, if I have to give it a rating or a review, um, I'll say pass. I, I didn't I didn't hate it or anything, so I'll, I'll give it a passing. Okay, it, it's not impossible that I could watch that again. Okay. Um, oh, good. Okay. So that's yeah. You might love it. You seriously, you might love it. It's definitely more in your wheelhouse than mine. Yeah. Uh, Man, I we got to talk about that ending. We we got to okay, talk I'll, about it. And that's going to be very very directly what I'll be watching. So I'll I'll get back to you, and probably next show we'll uh, we'll hit on that movie a little bit more. Okay, um, your side, tooth and nail. Did you get through it? I did. Yes. Um, mm, um, <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, it's not bad. Uh, it's post apocalyptic and it's fairly low budget, but it's competently made. Uh, Michael Madsen and Vinnie Jones are, are, you know, phoning it in. It's uh, basically a group of survivors are fighting off cannibals. And um, the first half I liked better than the second half. But it, there's, it's, it's better than The Day, I guess, because it reminds me of The Day. And The I Day was... I finish that movie. Okay. Well, it's better than that, but it's not a lot better than that. So that kind of should put things in perspective. Yeah, um, Vinnie Jones and Michael Madsen, I do like them, and they make good bad guys. Uh, but it's just kind of just a phoned-in, direct-to-video feeling type movie. Um, it's I mean, I it, it's it has a, a fairly decent budget. You could tell it's competently made. But I was I was never like, oh, this is gem in the rough material here. It it's not gem in the rough material. It's one of those where. On a rainy day, what else is on? Uh, I guess this is this is something. It's one of those, if that makes sense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Actually, consider it when we get to recently watched. Uh, yes, I know, understand completely what you're talking about, and you will see later in the show because of okay. what I've been watching. <laughs> okay, but yeah, the dialogue wasn't that good. Eh, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it was good. I mean, there, and like as soon as I was starting to get like, come on, then a gory something would happen. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it had a lot of, it had potential, um, especially for a horror fan, you know, post-apocalyptic and cannibals and, but it's just, uh, I, there's whatever. <laughs> I'm hearing passing thumbs down. Uh, that's what yeah, I'm hearing. It's, it's a middling thumb. Yeah. It's uh, be, be a gun to your head. Be honest. The, oh, a gun, gun to my head. No, I, I won't watch it again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're thumbs. How, I'm going to thumbs down that one. Okay, yeah. And you have more tolerance for that sort of thing than I probably do. Yes, so I do. I, I know. That's the thing. I've got more tolerance, and I was like, eh. <laughs> I didn't hate it. but So, yeah, in, in for our general viewing audience, it would probably get a thumbs down. And then I'm going to take it off my list, because I've got too much other stuff that I want to actually watch on purpose. Oh, yeah. Yeah, take that off. I mean, don't, don't, don't go out of your way to watch the movie. Um, okay, so for next round, what do you want to do? I, we've got, uh, one, how about we do a Netflix round? I'll give okay. you, like, uh, five blind and five that I've seen. Okay. And then you could pick whatever you want. Okay, and I, okay, and I've got the same setup right now. And I still have a, a list of Blu-rays that are fair game, but I'm gonna, let's stick with, because the Blu-rays are pretty much generally 
good to go. I that's think premium material. We should we should hold on to that. Space it out. Yeah, we're I really agree. frustrated after a few weeks of this crap that yes. we're watching. Yes, exactly. I totally agree. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, you go ahead on on the picks for me. Okay. I'll give you the blind ones first, um, and I'll just breeze over the first. I, I've got five. I'll, I'll breeze over the first three because they're they're returning. Um, the first one is City of Men. We've determined that somebody's got to watch that movie, and so I'm going to yep. keep throwing it on there. Um, next up is Barbarian Sound Studio. That's been on there. I'm actually anxious to watch that now. So if you don't watch yeah. it, I might actually watch that this week. Okay. Um, kind of a quasi horror thriller with Toby Jones. Um, next up is one that is kind of a creature feature monster movie, maybe Ragnarok. Um, archaeologist sets out to find a link between ancient shipwreck and the Viking apocalypse only to make a chilling discovery. And if you watch the trailer, there's just some kind of giant creature in it. So that looks good. Uh, okay. I got two new ones for you. Uh, the first one is from 2014 Brick Mansions. This is a 90-minute remake of a French movie that we both own. Uh, What's it called? District B-13, I believe. Yep. Um, A cop infiltrates a condemned militarized Detroit housing project to avenge his father's death and bring down the killer and reigning drug kingpin. One of us needs to watch it. We're both fans of the original, Mm -hmm. so why not? Give that one a spin. And the other new one that I'm adding on here, and I hope you haven't seen this one, uh, is from 2010, and it's a horror movie called Saint Nick. It's 88 minutes long. Uh, it says Nicholas, a sinister no, no, cleric. No, j- just stop right. Just stop right now. I watched 10 minutes of that a couple weeks ago in preparation for Christmas. That was terrible. Uh, dang it. <laughs> It looked. It, was, it looked interesting. It looked like it had potential. <laughs> yeah, I turned. I started watching it in about ten minutes, and I'm like, "Nope, I'm done. I'm out." Uh, it smelled a little bit like. Um, it could have been Asylum as well. Oh, it was. It was terrible. Okay. Terrible, well, we'll and take that's that one right off yep. the list. No. Now, I, I will say this: it, um, part of the reason why I, I hated the little bit that I watched so much was because it's obviously from some European country. And the the dubbing was so atrocious that I couldn't. It's like I can't even take this thing remotely seriously because it's it was such bad dubbing, uh, uh-huh. and there was no there was no like original language to it. But even beside that, I'm like this this screams asylum. I know. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, I'm I'm glad you're here to to take these off the list. It's so hard to find. I look for horror for you, dude, and it's just. It's so hard because I'm like, oh, he's probably seen that one, and that that one's been on Netflix for two weeks, so I'm sure he's seen that one, <laughs> or at, or at least tried. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, give me the have the have scenes. Okay, I'll give you the have scenes. Crossing this off, and for the have scenes on Netflix, I'm going back and giving you another round of the Kung Fu Baby. Ooh, okay. I, I promised with all the horror you were giving me that I was going to make you watch a bunch of old school kung fu, and I've enough time has gone by. I'm spacing it out good for you so that it's not you're not uh, getting yeah. bored with it. So now it's time for that again. Um, oh my, I got a multitude of things here. I'm so excited. I don't know where to begin. 
let's start with a Jackie Chan, uh, one of his classics, one of his best of all time, uh, from 1983, Project A. Um, and this was one that he did with Samo Hung. Do you know who Samo Hung is? You would recognize him if mm. you saw him. He's also done a lot of directing. He is fantastic. He is awesome. Uh, okay. In this action flick, a sailor in the turn of century Hong Kong sets out to stop buccaneers from running roughshod over the South China Sea. This is quintessential Jackie Chan. Lots of comedy action. I mean, it's very funny, but great action as well. Uh, 98 minutes. So, okay. Um, next up, uh, Bruce Lee, Chinese Connection. Oh, boy. This is okay. another classic. And let me see here. i got to see what the title is on Netflix. Oh, don't tell me it's not on there anymore. Son of a... Yeah, now I'm not seeing it on here. Oh, so one of those that got taken off? Yeah, it looks that way. I had added it. I know it was on there at one point. Ah, that's weak. Well? Ah, dang it, that sucks. I guess I'll give you Way of the Dragon for Bruce Lee then. Also known as Return of the Dragon. Um, Tang Lung goes to Rome to help his restaurateur cousin address the local syndicate's extortion demands, making short work of its knife-wielding hoods. So it's, uh, you know, a kung fu movie, an old school one. Yes. 1972. (laughs) Um, pretty standard fare. It's got some, uh, very standard, uh, martial arts, kung fu, old school chop sake, but it's got Bruce Lee. So it's awesome. One of the best, um sidekicks and all of cinema where he kicks this guy clean across an alley it's amazing um and then the main uh, they uh, the, towards the end they send an assassin after him and that is none other than chuck norris Ooh, and nice their their showdown at the end is great now this is uh on the lesser side of bruce lee as well um still it's not going to be as good as chinese connection and um enter the dragon Big boss Right in that ballpark, I would say. Okay. Um, but it has some great moments in it. Especially okay. fighting. The fight with Chuck Norris at the end is just brutal. And he, takes, of course, gets his shirt off. And he's still got a man sweater on. He's so hairy. It's so weird looking. <laughs> yeah. It's hysterical. <laughs> okay. Man, I can't believe they took that off of there. That bums me out. I was really hoping you'd watch that one. Okay. Anyway, moving on. I got another Jackie Chan one here for you. Operation Condor from 1991. Uh, These are all like 90 minutes long. A secret Mm -hmm. agent embarks on his biggest mission yet to find the fortune in gold that the Nazis buried in the Sahara Desert during World War II. And this is like where Project A is classic 80s Jackie Chan. This is classic 90s Jackie Chan where he's bigger now and uh, he's got more budget, more production value. He's getting crazier and there's a scene towards the end where he, they have these giant fans blowing um, that they're, they're, they use in a like wind chamber to test aerodynamics on a plane, and he's literally flying around through the air because the fans are so strong they will pick you up and throw you. It, it's it's pretty fantastic. But uh, the Jackie Chan ones, like the these are good enough and clean enough that you could watch them family. 
Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, trying to find you that kind of stuff, too. Uh, okay, next up. This one's a little more drama. Well, it, it's a little more recent. I don't want everything I give you to be old. Um, and this is one that I found on Netflix I took a chance on. And it's called Detective D and the Mystery of the Phantom Flame. Now, this one's longer, 124 minutes. <clears throat> it's PG-13. When unexplained spontaneous combustion kills a pair of dignitaries in the 7th century China, Detective D is called in to solve the mystery. And this is a great mix of martial arts, fantasy, and detective stuff. It's almost like the uh, recent Sherlock Holmes movies. It has elements of that, elements of fantasy, and then crazy martial arts. Um, so I, I really enjoyed it. I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. It, it does get a little slow in parts, I mean, at 124 minutes, uh, but it's not enough to kick you out of the whole movie. Like, I stayed in for the whole thing. I was interested. Yeah. Okay. Um, how many is that? That four? I think I mean, that that's, that should... Uh... Okay, that's four on each. I'm going to stick with that. Okay. Wow. Oh, man. That's... Uh... That's a good list there. Uh, I, I, I wasn't expecting the Kung Fu movies. Uh, hmm, man, I, I'm... Part of me wants to do uh, a Kung Fu movie, but at the same time, um, sometimes it's so hard to watch, uh, to, to squeeze in movies on my own. Uh, so anytime I can watch a movie possibly with my wife, uh, you know, it, it helps. So... I'm guessing that she would be okay with, um, with Brick Mansions. Just you know, Paul Walker's in it. It's PG-13. I think that for this week, I'm going to go with with Brick Mansions. Although I will say that Project A was a close second, and that's going to be number two. That on the okay. List. Well, mm, uh, uh, you can. Uh, well, I guess we could say you could pick one of each. That way. Oh, we, I guess. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, here's what we here's what we'll do since we're doing the the mixed roulette this week. You have to pick a blind, and if you take a mulligan on that, then your backup is one of the regulars. Okay. And so you, so you get two, and that's it. Okay. So do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. So if Which, Brick Mansions is a bust, you can take Project A. Yeah. I'll be surprised if that's going to be a bust. I I just I'm hoping that it's more than just a meh. It was okay. I mean, I'm guessing know. that's what it's going to be. I'm guessing it's going to be a eh, but watchable. <laughs> yeah, 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 eh, but watchable. That's. I, I love that. Project A, and there's a sequel, Project A 2, and I think it's just as good. Really? It's, it their 80s Jackie Chan. They're cheesy, hilarious, um, and, and they're, they're 80s Jackie Chan, but they're set at 1900 turn of the century with these pirates that are... It's hysterical. They're like, mm, we pirates. Just, it's so bad. But the martial arts in it is so good. It's, it's great. Okay. It's, it's funny enough that you, I think you'll really enjoy it. Cool. Okay, good. Good. Okay, well, uh, there's that. Yep. Well, I've got a list of movies here for you now. Um... And the new ones, I, I really tried to stay away from horror this time for you. Oh wow! Yeah. So uh, now, now my my Netflix have scenes, 
Those are all horror. Okay. <laughs> but That's but the right. but the haven't seen are there's only one that is I think kind of horror but it's it looks and sounds a bit more like um it would be more M Night Shyamalan type thriller. Horror. Yeah, th- more thriller than anything. The okay. cover makes it the cover makes it look very cheesy. Uh, but the synopsis and the reviews that it got make it sound uh, much better than than the the cover. So the first movie that I saw was a movie called Never Lake, um, and that movie is from 2013. And on a trip home to Italy to visit her father, Jenny is thrown into a world of mystery, horror, and legend as she is compelled to discover the truth behind all his secrets and lies. And I think it was like it was actually filmed in Tuscany, and um, uh, it gets. I mean, again, the reviews that I've read are are pretty good, and it, it the trailer looks really good. The trailer looks like it was beautifully shot. Uh, a, but a teen girl visiting her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you love giving me teen preteen girl teen, drama. Yo, yep. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, I saw the cover for that pop up on Netflix as well, and the yeah. the cover, I was like, Ooh, that looks. I don't know. Yeah, but um, okay. There's one. Okay, the next one is one that I've been I've had it on my list for a while, and I I may have thrown it your way at one point or another, but I I forget. Um, it sounds cool, but there's an actor in this that just scares me uh, to be like, eh, it's probably not going to be good. As soon as I see his name, I'm like, ugh. But the movie is from 2012. It's called Crave. Downtrodden photographer haunted by the urban violence and decay around him retreats into an inner world of dark fantasies. Like that sounds kind of cool. Um, and I said, oh, okay, and Ron, Ron Perlman's in it. There we go. Oh, Edward Furlong's in it, too. I'm like, eh. <laughs> Is he? I don't see him on the... Oh, he's uh, in I'm, it. I'm on Netflix. Yeah, I'm, I'm, on the, on I'm on the, the Netflix description, not IMDb, sorry. Yeah, and um, IMDb, he's, he's way down on the list, which is good. But he's uh, he, not way down the list, but he, he's on there. Uh, he, yeah, I, I, hey, I know what you're saying. I, I, that guy comes up, and I'm like, oh, boy. Yeah, yep, <laughs> but I've been wanting to see it, so... Okay. Um, okay, the next up is from uh, 2010, and the movie is called The Way Back. Uh, Ed Harris, uh, Colin Farrell's in it, it's a Peter Weir film. Oh, uh, this Siberian. has been on my list for a long time, on my oh, me. Oh, me too, me too, and I'm like, ah, I, sh- I need to watch this, why am I not watching it? It looks like the perfect movie for my wife. But You're not I, watching I, it because it's 133 minutes long. That's probably why, yeah. That's <laughs> probably the reason. Uh, but it's Siberian uh, escapees travel 4,000 miles by foot to freedom in India. Uh, it could be really good or it could be the Four Feathers. It, You know, it's up in the uh, air. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Boy, I might actually dive on that grenade this time. Okay, we'll, we'll keep going. Okay, so next up is... <laughs> Oh, uh, here we go. It's always good when you start off with a laugh. A pregnant uh, young girl, teen, doesn't know how to tell her parents. And 275 minutes long. And <laughs> She's pregnant with the devil's baby. And <laughs> on an Indian reservation. On an Indian <laughs> and little does she know she's been dead for 20 it's, years. It's a twist. <laughs> she's a ghost. Oh, oh, oh that was great. <laughs> And somehow there's a movie out there like that, I'm sure. <laughs> right now, some writer is scrambling to his computer. <laughs> oh, I love 220. <laughs> oh, okay, now I'm, 
<laughs> now I'm in the laugh mode. Oh, that's all right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, well, this one's directed by Yui Bowl. She doesn't know how to tell her parents that she's dating a black man. <laughs> and she's been dead for 20 years. Oh, that's so good. Huh. Oh, okay, so uh, Yui, Yui Bowl, Assault on Wall Street from 2013. Oh, my God. Yeah. That trailer was yeah. so bad. Yeah. Well, but but Jim is an average New Yorker living a peaceful life <laughs> with a well-paying job and a loving family, and suddenly everything changes when the economy crashes, causing Jim to lose everything. And then he goes on with machine guns and does stuff, and there you go. Um, but it's, it's not coming it's, up. Oh, there it is. A sold on Wall Street. Yeah, Darn there it. we go. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but you but it does star Edward <laughs> Edward Furlong. So. <laughs> What are you doing to me? Could I get an Edward Furlong movie that starts with a T and ends with a two? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, shit. I didn't even realize he was in this. I'm like, oh, Edward. Edward <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, I'm a mess of a... I want to add another... Uh, movie to your Netflix queue. It's uh, The Crow Part 4 starring oh. Edward Furlong. <laughs> oh. Okay, I gotta... Okay. Uh, car accidents, death, sadness, sadness, car accidents, traffic jams, bad weather. Back, back into a rational because I've got tears and not rolling down my nose. And, oh, dead kittens, shit. dead kittens, oh. dead kittens. God, growing old, sucking to die. That's okay. We're, oh, oh, boy. Either this is going to be the funniest one ever, or you're going to do, be doing some serious editing. Oh, I might just oh. let it in. Who cares? I'm crying. Oh. I'm freaking crying. Edward frickin' per- Furlong. Oh, my God. Okay, we cannot say his name anymore. <laughs> Wasn't he in a movie called Packer? Yeah. He was. He was. Oh, and the funny thing is, is, you never know. He could listen to this show. Could we just uh, call him that from now on? He's uh, no longer Edward Furlong. He is only the Pecker. The Pecker. The Pecker starring in Assault on Wall Street. Oh, oh man. I'm... Oh. I'm a mess. I'm, oh, this is... there, there's going to be more searches for Edward Furlong on IMDb this week oh. than have ever occurred since yeah, 1993. Because <laughs> yeah. oh, when I picked out Assault on Wall Street, I'm like, oh, Yui Bowl, that's great. <laughs> Hold on, here's a cut. Oh. Damn it. Okay. Okay. Car crashes again. How much do you hate me? (laughs) Did you seriously just look for... Did you just go to Netflix and search Edward Furlong? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that'll teach that. Damn it. That man, Tooth and Nail, must have really sucked. Oh. You're like, I'm going to give him Edward Furlong movies. Oh, oh and it, this, it doesn't help that it, this all began with the teenage girl, 200 <laughs> minutes long. Oh, because now I'm just, I'm just, uh, it's over. <laughs> I'm just start the show over. Okay, okay. <clears throat> 
Okay, let's reel it in. We gotta reel it in. Holy crap! (laughs) This has like been ten minutes. Okay, (laughs) next movie. Next movie. (laughs) (sighs) I just. (laughs) Oh man! I just spit all over the place. Thanks a lot. Oh, I'm I'm trying to think of the most horrible shit possible right now because I can't get back into. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Assault on Wall Street. Is that where we were late? Where it all fell apart? Yes. Okay, King of Devil's Island. To the (laughs) wait. This is the this is another one that you haven't seen. Yes. King of Devil's Island. Okay. Okay, hopefully this is going to get us back on track. I swear to God, good. if you say this is starring Edward Furlong, <laughs> oh, I will murder the show, you. The, the show is over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Okay, Norwegian winter, early 20th century. Uh, on the boys' home, Bastoy, a new inmate leads the boys to a violent uprising against a brutal regime. <laughs> Don't start. Don't start again. How far will, is he? Because I'm now I'm like, ah, oh, teenagers again. How it's far is he willing with, to go? Every every time, man. Uh, okay. King of King of Devil's Island. Yeah. Um, now this one gets all sorts of good reviews, um, and it looks very gritty and like uh, one of those. Uh, prison sucks type of movies, if that makes yeah. sense. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård, he's great in yeah, everything. Yeah, he is. So, I'm like, uh, you know, there's enough going for it that, uh, and that's been on my list forever. Okay. Yeah, I was unaware of that one. Okay. And then the last one is Mr. Nobody, which you threw my way, and I'm... Ooh. One of us needs to watch that. I know it's a really long movie. Is it? But... An hour and uh, two hours and twenty minutes. Oh wow! Yeah, but someone needs to watch that. One of us eventually needs to watch that movie. I think. Oh boy. Okay. Well, yeah. for my blind one. Oh man, I'm debating between The Way Back and Mister Nobody. Yeah, I mean both are over ten minutes or over uh, two, two hours, hours long. Yeah. yeah, but they both look really good, and they both been on my list forever. And eventually, we're gonna watch those. I think. Yeah, I agree. So it's now. If you well, want, let I can me, give let you me my. Think, give me the ones you've you have seen, and then okay. I'll keep thinking about this. Okay. Uh, have seen is I'm most of them. I gave you the last time. Um, Dark Skies is on there again. I think I gave you Dark Skies before. I don't believe you have actually. Because mm. that's one I've been waiting for you to kick me in the butt to watch. Because that movie is good. Um, it's not perfect, but I think it's a good movie. I I watched it a couple times, and it's creepy. Like. It's one of those slow burn, ratcheting up the tension type of things, uh, but I, I especially liked it the second time because my expectations were were in check, and I'm like, that was a cool, scary movie. If you like alien abduction type sc- stuff, I I thought it was good. How was Car- how was Carrie Russell in it? Because she seems like she could be annoying. Actually, she was she was good. Uh, her, I'll, this is a little bit spoilerish, but it it kind of. This might be a deciding factor for you. Is it's one of those movies where the significant other doesn't believe a word of anything, and it frustrates you because it's right there in front of your eyes, you moron. Right. It, 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 there's t- there's tons of movies like that to where the, the main the main star of the movie, the main person is there's going through something, and the the other person 
doesn't buy it at all, and it's like, why aren't you buying this? Yeah, this, or the guys it, try you, and tell the cops that, no, it was this guy, and nobody believes yes. him because he's an upstanding... I hate that, but... Yes. Sometimes, okay, it, so the, sometimes it works, but I understand yeah. what you're saying. I'll yeah. bear so, that in mind. Um, next up is The Damned, and I really want you to eventually watch that movie. That is a good freaking movie. Uh, Victor Garcia directed it, and um, it is kind of a Spanish Evil Dead in my opinion, it's the closest thing I can think of is it's kind of the evil dead. And I, I liked it, man. It was, um, it's a, a really good Netflix movie. It's not one of those that should have, you know, had a big wide theatrical release, but I'm like, that was cool, fast paced, 87 minutes long. Um, this, you know, there's something going on in this house and there's a witch and she's possessing people and it's it's cool and eventually you're going to watch that one I'll I'll make you watch that no, one No that's eventually. fine I that's another one that I'm waiting for you to kick me in the butt to watch cuz Yeah. I, it looked okay. good. Yeah. Um throwing back your way Sorority House Massacre Part 2. <laughs> no, you never gave that to me, did you? Oh, I didn't. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I well. think you just talked about it. Um well, Sorority House Massacre Part 2 from 1990. <laughs> um this is actually a more or less a sequel to Slumber Party Massacre, not Sorority House Massacre, but uh, Jim Wernarski directed it. You know him, right? That's the... Unfortunately. Yes. This is 75 minutes long, and it is hilarious. It is... It's comedy gold. Um, when it was done, I'm like, oh, I, I, I can't wait to watch that one again sometime. It's it's so bad, but it's, it's great. Uh, so, if you want something short and funny and you know, one of those, it's, there you go. Uh, next up is Night of the Demons Part 2, and Night of the Demons Part 2 is from, this is, uh, let me just see here, Demons 2, um, you don't I necessarily need to, need I to saw watch that, the, that it popped up on Netflix. Yeah. Have I seen the first one? You haven't, but they they do a recap in the, fir- in, from Part 1 in this, but this is a cool movie, it's, it's very much 90s, but it's, easy to watch. It's not one of those where I mean, the title is the worst thing about the movie. I mean, it's just... Well, cool. now wait. Do you remember when I um, got all my laser discs? When I bought my yeah. laser discs and yes. my laser disc collection, I kind of bought in one fell swoop when the local video store that we... that you used to work at and we always mm-hmm. went to finally went out of business. I bought up all their laser discs and uh, two players, I believe. And yeah. in there was one horror movie that I sold to you or traded to you, and I believe it was Night of the Demons 1. Yes, it was. Yep. Oh, really? Do you still have that? Nope. I Actually, I sold because I, I have the Blu-ray of it, and that, after that, the DVD came out. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I sold almost all my Laserdiscs, so Night of the Demons is gone. But well, is it, any, is it not, any good? I don't even know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Neither, especially the first one, but the second one is a very worthy sequel, in my opinion. I, it's... It's kind of, it's almost, this sounds weird, but like right before Scream came out in 96, this one was very much a trying to go for laughs type of thing. Like they're, they're playing it like this is kind of silly. Right. And, and so some of the jokes actually work quite well. I, I think it's good. It's again, it's 90 minutes long. Um, it's not, it's nothing you're like, oh, I'm uncomfortable watching this. It's just a silly horror movie. Right. I, I liked it. Okay. Uh, and then next up is a movie called, this is one that you, Sent my way once, but I had actually watched it already, and that's called Jug Face. Oh, man, you're making it hard. Yeah, that's a see- good movie. Yeah, that's that's very trippy and weird and fan- very fantasy-oriented and uh, a great example of 
how to do a low budget movie very effectively and well. <clears throat> Please tell me he's not in this movie. No, I just pulled up the synopsis. A pregnant teen tries to flee her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but this is different. Trust me when I say this is different. This is very different. Um, I think. From all the other pregnant teen movies you give me. Yes. <laughs> Oh, don't get me... I'm, I'm trying to be serious here. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying... I'm straining. Uh, okay. Okay, next up. Last one. Uh, Stage Fright. From 2014. The remake? It's not a remake. It's just in title only, in name only. This is not the... Uh, this is not a remake of the cool 80s Italian movie. Okay. Uh, stage... Yeah, this is... Uh, snobby musical teacher... Te- theater camp is terrorized by a bloodthirsty killer... Who hates musical theater? I thought you uh, watched this and hated it. No, I did not hate it. It, it was it was enjoyable, but you have to like musicals because it is flat out a musical horror movie. Like, Meatloaf, Mini Driver. No, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good on that. Okay, okay, all right. Just <laughs> just, just throwing it your way, but yeah. That's all so right. There's, I'm good. There's, so do you want to take a, a blind and then one of the uh, half yes. scenes? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, man, I'm still... Struggling between... Um, I'm going to take the way back. Okay. Um, I will take that one, and then for the have scene... Man, you made it tough this time. <laughs> uh, no pregnant teens, no teens. Um, 87 minutes. I'll take the damned. Ooh, there you go. Nice. Okay. So we got the way back and the damned, and Brick Mansions and Project A. Yeah. I'm pretty, sh- I'm pretty certain... The roulette will go a lot better next time as far as uh, somewhat, hopefully, more positive reviews. You know what I mean? No. What do you mean? Well, I like like this this week's both of our... Well, I guess I you didn't... You oh, liked, oh, oh, you, oh I, I see what you're saying. Because yeah. this wasn't, this wasn't uh, cr- total trash diving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, 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 I cannot imagine that Brick Mansions is not going to be enjoyable on some level. Yeah. And I'm guessing The Way Back will be a very competently well-made movie. Is it going to be boring or not? That's kind of the question. Yeah, I like those actors in it, though, so I think I know. it's got real potential. Okay. Wow. Well, we're right yeah. on track after yeah, that uh, was... a few edits, maybe. Maybe <laughs> not. I might just leave it all in because it was so horrible. Oh, anyway, man. it's time to debut what we teased um, in our coming in 2015 segment. And that is uh, our director special. I hate to say director spotlight. We need to find another word for it. For some reason, yeah. that just seems cheesy and like other people do it. Um, so our, for our director special for the month of January, we've picked Christopher Nolan. Um, now, you may say, well, he's kind of a mainstream filmmaker, and that's true. We're going to have some more independent filmmakers on the, uh, throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to start with with Chris Nolan. He is very divisive, I, if you discuss him on the internet at all. Turns oh, out yeah. there's a lot of people that hate him. I don't understand those people very much, because I think he's a good director. Um, at least, I think he's making interesting movies. Yes, he is. Um, so, where do we begin here? Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, I've got a little bit of um, trivia stuff, notes about him, that we'll go over real quick. History. Uh, he is red and green colorblind. Did you know that? Because yes. I didn't. Oh, you did? Oh. Yes, I read that um, 
Red and green, gr- red and green colorblind. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. He's a huge proponent of uh, keeping uh, shooting on film, which I'm pros and cons to that, but that's okay. I think it's great that somebody's fighting for it. Is um, he still is he still a proponent of that? Oh yeah, big time. He got together a whole bunch of directors to show them the first. Uh, 10 minutes of Dark Knight or Dark Knight Rises um, that was shot in IMAX because he was telling them that the IMAX is the best quality that you can have as far as film <clears throat> that that has ever existed in the history of film. He's trying to convince people to keep using it and not go completely digital. Yeesh, that's an uphill battle right there. <laughs> it is. It's a costly battle. Mm-hmm. But... And I, I mean, they, I think both they both have pros and cons. Anyway, I, I wish they would both coexist, but it's so expensive to continue working with film as opposed to digital. Okay, yeah. Some of his top tens favorite films that I thought were notable: two thousand one, A Space Odyssey. Everybody has that. Yeah. Uh, Blade Runner, Chinatown, uh, Lawrence of Arabia. That I have the Blu-ray ah. of, and I keep throwing you. Which that's gonna that'll happen. His favorite Bond movie. He's a huge Bond fan. On His Majesty's Secret Service. Star Wars after my own heart. Yep. Star Wars: A New Hope. And then there were a couple that I thought were interesting. At number two, The Black Hole from 1979. Awesome! That's great. You and I championed quite a bit. I love that movie. And then from 1986, The Hitcher. Mmm. Really? Yeah, I thought that was interesting. See Thomas Howell and Rutger Hauer, and now oh, that's great. Uh, there were a couple others, but it, there were ones I'd never heard of, and I was sh- pretty sure you and I had never seen. Um, okay. <coughs> Man, excuse me, I'm sorry. Still getting over this. Um, in college, he studied English lit literature, and he never went to film school. Did you know that? I did not I know that. I thought that was that's pretty awesome. interesting. He is a very, I think he's very cinematic uh, the way he shoots, so I was very surprised to find that, find out that he never went to film school. Um, and to date, his eight major theatrical releases have brought in around $4.2 billion worldwide. Wow, that is awesome. And, I mean, that's his eight major releases. And the one, like, one didn't get a major release. Actually, two, you could maybe, I don't know that Memento got a major release. I would say that would probably was Art House Limited. So you could yeah. say out of seven movies, he's been bang, bang, bang. That's yeah. freaking impressive. So what we're going to do next is, um, instead of just going down the line of dates of the movies that he's made, we're going to go back and forth with our... We, we ranked them from least to mm-hmm. best. His nine movies. And we're, we'll just talk about them as they come up, as new ones yep. come up. Uh so I'll let you go first. What do you have for number nine, the very bottom? Okay, the very bottom. Now I will say this: I have not watched Following. That was his very first movie. I've never seen that movie, so I have no I have no comment on that movie. So I'm going to just so skip that to, would be your number nine. That would be my number nine. Yeah. Well, my number it. nine is Following. <laughs> okay. Well. Okay. So we. Okay. Yeah. So I, I have that movie on on DVD, um, and you should watch it. It's great, especially for a first film. It's very, very uh, noticeable. It's very remarkable. Um, and they spent years making this movie. And actually, when I was doing research on him for the show, uh, he said that part of the inspiration for that movie was, uh, he said in England at the time, he was born in London, England. In England at the time, 
a slow budget or a low budget independent film uh, would be five hundred, six hundred thousand pounds. And then in the states, they had people like Robert Rodriguez and Kevin Smith who were doing it for thousands of dollars. Yeah. And so he wanted to bring that to England, and that's how he made following where he was doing side jobs and it took years to make the movie filming with friends on the weekends and stuff like that literally what peter jackson was doing for bad taste taste, on the weekends yeah and years years it took years and years to uh, like three to five years or something to make that i think i read four years i could be wrong don't quote me on that but it took him a long time and it's it's a very ambitious first film it's it's very entertaining it's great but it's it would be the least i gave it a six and a half out of ten Okay. Um, but but I am glad that it's on my shelf. Okay. Um, okay. Well, so the, the I guess that would be number nine for me. Uh, yep. the, the my least favorite, and this is probably I know I'm almost positive this will not be your least favorite. Um, but the next one for me would have been uh, Insomnia. And I've watched it a couple times, and I think that that is the least Christopher Nolan ish movie that he's made. I think that he has a certain style, and and he still you can tell it's his movie, but not near as much as the other ones in my opinion and I like it it's a it's a good enough movie but even on rewatching I'm like this is not a fantastic gotta see movie in my opinion it's okay. good it's got good performances but uh, eh. what would you grade it I gave it uh, six out of, on a one to ten scale I gave it six no, out of you ten you can do your five star I don't care okay well I, I actually on my list here okay. I did I the one to ten scale so six out of ten is what I gave that movie okay Fair enough. Um, my number eight, and 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 from this point on, they're all good. I, I don't have any that I actively dislike. I should make that yeah. very clear. And same here. Yeah, I still liked Insomnia. I still it, it gets a passing score for me. But um, next up for me, and to be perfectly fair, one of the reasons that this is at the bottom is because I've only seen it once. I'm sure when I watch it again, uh, and we broke it down pretty heavy when we were, did the Megapod yeah. and everything, but it would be Interstellar. Um, just and, and mostly because I found the most notable flaws with that movie. Um, I mean, he doesn't have a lot of tens on my list, like movies that I consider completely perfect, but um, they're all extremely enjoyable, and some of the plot holes, I think, are very nitpicky. A lot of people go after. And I thought in Interstellar, they were, they were, there were a few that were very obvious, more so than most Christopher Nolan movies. But I still liked it. I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. I still liked it. And I, I expect that my score will increase when I rewatch it again, and I will. Uh, number 7. Uh, number 7 for me was Memento. And, again, it... This is a passing movie. It's a it's a very very good movie. Wow, but our the, lists are upside down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I give it seven out of ten. Uh, now I have not seen that movie in many many years, uh, so I need to rewatch that. It's been a long time, uh, but but compared to some of the other stuff, yeah, that that it, it's not as good in my opinion. But I, again, I have I it's oh it's been at least seven, eight years since I've watched it. Oh, man. See, now that was... Memento was the movie that put him on the map. That was the one he made yeah. after following. He made uh, made that in 2000. Can you believe that we're that old? It was 2000 man, when I he know. Made, made Memento. 15 years ago. Yeah, that's crazy. But he only... And the budget for that thing was insanely low. It was only a couple million dollars. Um, 
And I'm trying to think, was Guy Pierce really well known before that? I mean, I know he was LA Confidential was about yeah. the same time, I think ninety nine, so people were starting to know him, but I think that was yeah. Memento was one of the things that kinda of made him really blow up. I could be yeah. wrong on that too, but just going off my memory. Okay. Um did you have anything else you want to add for that? Nope. Okay. Nope. Number seven, I have Insomnia. Now, I really, I, at first when I watched this movie, I was skeptical because I had seen the original. I own the Criterion of the original because uh, this is a remake of a 1997 Norwegian film. Um, this is also the only film that Christopher Nolan doesn't have a writing credit, though he wrote the final draft of the movie. He doesn't have a writing credit on it. Um, and the first time I watched it, I was skeptical because, I, like I said, I own and love the original. And so I don't think I enjoyed it as much the first time, but I rewatched it, and it's 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 a remake, and they're both the, like the the original and the remake. You could take or leave either one. They're both great. Mm-hmm. They're both really well made, really intense, gripping thrillers. Um, so I, I got to kind of knock it down a peg because it is a remake, and you had such a great blueprint to go off of. But I yeah. do see Christopher Nolan's fingerprints all over it in the cinematography and the stuff in the fog, it was just, it's a great movie. I really, I really enjoy it. I give I me, mean, I give that one high marks, eight and a half. That's a, that's an above average thriller in my opinion. And it's hard to put aside that it's a remake. Um, but it is. So anyway, um, where are we going next? Six. Okay. Next up for me, I have, uh, number six. Let's see. We've got Memento. Memento is done. Insomnia. Uh, next up for me is Batman Begins. We hit. <laughs> I also yep. have Batman Begins for number six. Yep. I, I thought it was great. Uh, it holds up extremely well. I think that his other Batman movies were, were, were better, but it's a great start to an awesome trilogy of, of, uh, movies that he did. He is, and a lot of people agree it's the least of the trilogy, but if you go back and watch it um, now that time has passed and know what what is to come and what it sets up, it's a really good movie, man. Like, it's oh, really yeah. set up so well. And I I mean, if if I really... I mean, you you hit me on a good day. But, uh, his whole Bat trilogy, I would, I would almost give him equal scores, all three mm-hmm. movies, because I love the whole arc so much. Um, Agreed. But but there the other two I would edge just a hair. I gave uh, Batman Begins an eight and a half out of ten. Um, and I'll take number five. I have Dark Knight Rises. Since we both shared number six, uh, that's hilarious. That that's that would be my next one on okay. the list. Well, I figure we're gonna match up, and I actually I give then the dark knight would be number 4 for me and we'll just get the bat trilogy out of the way but it, and i would actually give the, the part 2 and part 3 the same score they have pros they have cons neither one of them's perfect as much as i love uh, tron legacy i can't give it a perfect score because of that dodgy cgi well as much as i love the dark knight and the dark knight rises i will never be able to give it a perfect score because of that batman voice I just yeah, I, that's... I can't get past it. It's it's so and I I've um, I watched the interviews with him. I've seen the test footage that he did as soon as he, like before he got the Batman job, and he's doing the, the the Bat voice. And I his logic behind it, I completely understand, and it makes sense. It's just been mocked to death so much, and you you just can't 
take it seriously. I, know. I, I agree. It works very well in Batman Begins. It's the only time it's not irritating because he has very little lines. And then they didn't realize they're going to make a two and three, and he's actually got to say more shit. <laughs> yeah. And then he's yeah, got to I keep know. up with it, and it it starts coming off. And you're like, oh, dude, come on. Agreed. Yep. Uh, aside from that, they, both films also have other problems. I'm not going to spend a lot of time getting into that. But they're still, in my opinion, some of the best comic book movies ever made. And yeah. worlds better than the Tim Burton. Uh, yeah, list. not even in the same universe. Yeah. Now, I will say, um, uh, as far as the Batman movies go, like we're on, the, we're pretty much on the same page. I do actually have Interstellar in between uh, Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. So, okay. so that's kind of where Interstellar falls in with me. Uh, but yeah, you hit on everything with Batman. Now, as far as Interstellar goes, I've only seen it once, <clears throat> and all the gripes uh, are justified. Although from a cinematic uh, aspect and from an emotional aspect, that movie, man, that was such an emotionally draining movie for me. And I, this something about it was it it was so and he's so good at making epic movies, and it felt so incredibly epic. Um, so I actually put Interstellar in between the uh, the Dark Knight sequels. That's fine. That's totally fine. Yeah. Um, so that would bring us to... Did you have anything you wanted to add for Dark Knight? Or, no, no. Nope. Okay. Um, so that brings us to number three, at least for me. And for three, two, and one, I put those... I gave those a bump over everything else because... Uh, they were original material, original ideas, not remakes, not Batman, not, you know, that stuff all came from something else. This stuff was all original as far as I know, at least in the cinema world. Yeah. Um, and we're looking at 9.5, 9.5, and 10. So this is all, you're, you're just teetering with all of these. It's just drawing straws. Which one do you want? They're all fantastic. Yeah. Number three, I have Inception. Uh, it gets a little convoluted with some of the dream states towards the end. That's why I don't have it as a 10. It could get there. I don't know, but it gets a little weird towards the end, especially for one, for the small amount that they're trying to uh, push the guy. It's almost like if you really look at what they're trying to accomplish, a, a drunken whore on a bender night could have convinced this guy to do this. <laughs> you know, it's sort yeah. of like, let's incept him and go into three different levels of dream state to convince him that maybe he should buy winter tires. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not, it doesn't seem like it's that huge of a prospect for the guy. But anyway, I digress. Uh, are you at three? Number three? Well, I, I only have two. Okay, that's because you threw one in between there. Um, give me your number two. Okay, well, my number two is Inception. Okay. Uh, and and I, I thought it was fantastic. Another epic-feeling movie. Leonardo DiCaprio is one of, if not my favorite actor, and he he nailed it. Everybody nails it in that movie. Uh, I, I Upon repeat viewings, the movie gets... It seems to get better and better. Um, I like the ending with the with the top that's spinning. I, everything about it I thought it was great. The, the score was great. Um I, I thought it was fantastic. See, that would probably be another thing that would keep it from a perfect score for me. I like an open-ended interpretational ending, but the ending of that one uh, with the top just felt like a slap. It was just sort of like, oh, come on, after all we've been through, at least give me a little closure. 
Uh, but that's okay. It's not. It's it wasn't like a deal breaker. Uh, okay, number two for me is the Prestige, and this movie, out of his movies, this is one that gets more hate, I think, uh, or uh, lower scores. But I absolutely love it, and if you go back and and rewatch it, it is a magnificent piece that he has put together. The the cookie crumbs are all there for you to follow, and yet the ending is still a shocker. It's still oh, I know. it's still just um, it's grand filmmaking at its finest. I absolutely yeah. love the movie. Um man, that it's such a kick in the crotch the end of that movie. It is. And I, I hate, agree. I hate to say why cuz it's a little spoilery, but your perceptions of who is good and bad get flipped by the end. Oh, I I love that. It, I think it, that it was is the brilliant. first time it was like I can't I felt deceived, but in rewatches I was like, no, that was brilliant. That was so brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that that one there is the one that gets a perfect 10 out of 10. That's my favorite Christopher Nolan movie is The Prestige. Uh, that movie is I can't I wouldn't change a thing about the movie. The 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 twist is so good. The acting is so good. The story is so original and unique. Uh, that's my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. I, it's hard for me to argue. I guess I have it at a 9.5, and I'll tell you, I could see it going to a 10. I can't even draw off memory what it was that kept it from quite perfect. Um, but I'm overdue for a rewatch of that movie, and I very much look forward to it. Um, my number one is Memento. This is the movie that got me into Christopher Nolan, uh, and he is somebody that did not disappoint with subsequent movies the way that people like M. Night have. Um, yeah, he has gotten, I don't, I don't know if I should say he's gotten better and better, but he, he's developing his craft more and more and more. And every film, even like Interstellar, I have down here at number eight, which would be one of the least of his for me is still one better than most of the crap that's coming out every year. Um, and I can't wait to own it on Blu-ray. Anyway, Memento yeah. is a fantastic visionary, unbelievably constructed film. It blew my mind when I saw it. And nobody dared to do such a thing before, and now after that, everybody did it. And nobody has done it as well, uh, making a film almost backwards the way that he did. Yeah. Uh, it was absolutely mind-blowing, and I love it. And you should rewatch it. That's a fantastic yeah. movie. I think I might have actually gotten rid of my DVD because I was going to buy the Blu-ray, and I haven't got around to it. Yeah. And it's one of those, I haven't seen it in so long, that that's why it's as low as it is, because I... I I'm like, well, I think that he's gotten better since then, but I haven't seen it in so many years that well, I he, remember... He has, but this know. is kind of like his El Mariachi. And it, well, yes. more like his Desperado, let's put it that way. Because yeah. he had a few million to throw around instead of the thousands with the following. Yeah. Okay, do you have anything else to, you want to add for Christopher Nolan? I don't. He's one of the best working directors today. He's. I will pretty much see anything that he's attached to. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I Same here. Okay, well, I'm going to close out this segment of our director special uh, with a quote from the man himself that I absolutely love, and that is, I am a fan of cinema that creates worlds, entire alternate universes that you can escape into for a couple of hours. And I love that. Yeah. And on that note, Very let's move true. into Recently Watched. I've only got, uh, I mean, this won't take me too long. I mean, I have a fair amount of movies to cover, but... I ain't going to spend a lot of time on them because this is your Saturday afternoon napping kind of crap that I've gotten into. So let's say three. I've got three movies to review. How about okay. you? Okay. Um, 
Is three enough? Uh, Can you get by with three? I, three, three is enough. I'm going to compile uh, a certain uh, studio into one review. You know what? I guess Go ahead and do that because my middle one is going to be a com- compilation as well. So okay, okay. Well, I'm going to start with uh, with a studio. I actually got a, a bunch of Blu-rays from the UK. They were on sale. And generally, importing Blu-rays from the UK is not a, a, a cheap endeavor, but this uh, the Studio 88 Films is what they're called. They uh, lovingly restore these older, lesser-seen movies, and movies that probably don't quite deserve what they're getting, the treatment they're getting, but I, for that I commend them. So I, I, I bought a stack of these, and uh, they're Full Moon movies. And Full Moon was really big in the 90s, or late 80s and into the 90s. This is Charles Band's company. And uh, if you don't know a full moon, you probably have at least heard of the Puppet Master series or maybe even the Subspecies series. They, they were big all in uh, video stores back in the 90s. They're fairly inexpensive direct-to-video horror They actually horror have their movies. own uh, Roku channel app. So Yes, they do. Yeah. You can go uh, watch yeah. a bunch of their stuff there. Yeah. Uh, and, and some of them are really good. Um and then some of them are not so good. And I could get into the whole backstory of Charles Band and what he was doing. And, I mean, he was involved with Reanimator and From Beyond and all that crazy stuff. But then when he started his own Full Moon thing, uh, it, it's kind of just a lower-budget, direct-to-video stuff, uh, like I said, like the Puppet Masters. But I, I watched a handful of, of Full Moon videos. And what's cool is that Watching a movie that has been completely remastered on Blu-ray and it looks fantastic can sometimes change your perspective of a movie that isn't necessarily that good, um, or you know it's it's watchable I guess. But when you watch it in like oh wow this thing looks brand new it it kind of helps I guess. Yeah. So I watched I watched uh here's the here's the list of full moon movies I watched I watched Dollman, Demonic Toys, Subspecies two and three, the last horror film actually the last horror film was not a. Uh, uh, full moons. So I'm not going to include that one. Um, and trancers, and they all range in quality. I'll. I'll I'm not going to get into the storylines. I will. What I want to talk is more the uh, what makes them good and what makes them not as good. Um, the least by far was trancers, and that was because good, it was thank PG- you. Yeah. Oh, it was. It was a. It was painful to my eyes. I watched about and thirty that, minutes of it and I turned it off because I was like, yeah. I hate this. Yes, and here's the here's the main reason is because it was PG thirteen. Their other stuff was is close to being as bad, but it's catering. They, they know they are their audience, so let's throw some nudity in there, and let's throw some cheap gore in there, and a bunch of cuss words. Let's just let's we're making a genre pick, so let's let's make it a genre pick. Transfers was trying to be a Terminator type thing, and it painfully was not. Um, but you know, every time I was like, come on, let's go demonic toys, like, you know, killer doll things. This is getting stupid again and boring. Then something gross happens or some playboy playmate, whatever is taking her clothes <laughs> off. I'm like, all right, I'm back in. Here we go. <laughs> I understand completely uh, what you're talking about. It's like, it's like a Leviathan. If that thing would have been neutered down to a PG 13 and exactly, there was yes. no scary creature or something, it would have been horrible. Yeah. So and so the same applies for Full Moon, but I'm gonna do I'm gonna talk more about Full Moon on my own show at some point and, okay. and delve more into the actual storylines and what makes some of them better than others and all that. But I just wanted to get get that off my chest sure. that yes, Full Full Moon is out there. They've and what's cool is that he's you know Charles Band is still working and he's still you know, he's putting a lot of his movies out on DVD now or Blu-ray now and 
So I think that's that's cool. I agree. And are, are would you kind of compare them to like canon in a manner of speaking? Uh, Very much so. Yes. Going from my memory, it's sort of like you could start the movie, not see the credits, and go, "This is a full. This is a canon movie, or this is a full moon movie." It has just yes. that look. It's, yes. Yeah. The, the the you can just tell the like. Okay, I'm on a set now. I, I I can tell I'm on a set. The actors they're not necessarily terrible, but they're. I mean, this is not trauma level. This is not trauma, but this is yeah very direct to video in the '90s, and it has that feel. And it's almost like they know they're making meh movies, so <laughs> we're making movies about killer dolls. So let's let's throw as much silly crap at the screen and see what sticks. Um, but whenever they delve into more family-friendly type stuff, eh, no. <laughs> really? I, I, yeah, it was so. unwatchable. Yeah. Trancers, that is. Okay. Yes. Um, for me, I'm going to cover a little slew of movies I've been watching here, and this has uh, been while I've been sick, and the kids have been sick, and I need something to play in the background, and just kind of half pay attention to, something that doesn't require a lot of attention. And this stemmed from uh, about a week ago. I watched the 2014 Godzilla with the wife. She hadn't seen it yet, and uh, I had it on Voodoo, so uh, let's watch it. It's fantastic. I loved it. Uh, I don't know if she liked it quite as much as I did, but she still gave it a big thumbs. I still liked it quite uh, more than enough. And I said, you know what? There's there's a lot of Godzilla movies on Netflix, and I I need to get those reviews written for all those Godzilla movies. So I've been on a Godzilla tear. I watched Godzilla Raids Again, Godzilla vs. Monster Zero, Rodan, Ghidorah, the Three-Headed Monster, and Godzilla's Revenge. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. And it's been a lot of background viewing. It's on in the background. Because yeah. uh, these range in quality, obviously, from just god-awful to actually quite enjoyable. Um I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the bulk of any of these uh, because I'm kind of going through them chronologically, so I'm watching the old ones to get them out of the way. Um, so, the, and, the, and the old ones are a little harder for me to watch because I don't care for them as much. I like the 80s, 90s ones where they're real crazy. Uh, Godzilla Raids again. Eh. Godzilla vs. Monster Zero was pretty sweet because that had uh, King Ghidorah in it, the three-headed dragon flying thing and aliens, and they go to some planet X out beyond Saturn. It was real sci-fi and bizarro weird, but it was entertaining. <laughs> Rodan, okay, I've seen it a couple of times, and I, it's a good thing that I'm writing a review of it, because it's, it's one where I'm like, oh, that's probably one I should check off the list and watch. And then I start watching it, and I go, this is kind of familiar. And then I get two-thirds of the way through and go, I've seen this thing five times. I just can't remember it, because it's so generic and throwaway. <laughs> Yeah. Well, now I'm going to have a review written down of it, and I don't have to mess with it ever again. It's watchable, but don't hurt yourself. Okay. Uh, Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster was great. Uh, Godzilla's Revenge, oh boy, some of these it's just, they have little kids as the main stars, and they come in and they get warped to Godzilla Island. No idea what's really going on here. And then baby Godzilla explains... Oh, it's Godzilla, and he needs to fight this. This little tiny lizard man thing is explaining to this little kid in short gym shorts. Now Godzilla, fight this guy. And then Godzilla uses his fire breath on some giant mosquitoes or some bullshit. And you're just like, what is happening? <laughs> and then a giant crab comes out of the sea, and Godzilla fights him. And 
One thing to take away from all of these movies, Godzilla fights dirty. He throws a lot of boulders, he kicks a lot of boulders, and he waves his arms a lot in anger. And that's about it. There was uh, actually one scene, I don't even remember which movie, Ghidorah, I think, where it was Mothra and Rodan and Godzilla all fighting Ghidorah at the same time. And it wasn't the Mothra, that old Mothra, because he got killed. So it was the new Mothra, and he wasn't a caterpillar yet, so he was just a slug creature crawling around. And he convinced Rodan and Godzilla to team up to fight Ghidorah by spraying webs on them. And they got all mad and shook their arms, and then they kind of, you know, and then somehow out of that determined they should team up and fight together like they're the Avengers. And so Godzilla goes after King Ghidorah by chucking rocks at his head, and then, oh, <laughs> are you are you bored yet? <laughs> oh, <laughs> and then the little uh, snail thing crawls onto Rodan's back, and he flies in and sprays webbing all over the snake heads. Of and, course. And while that's happening, Godzilla throws boulders at his head, and I just can't stop laughing. And my two-year-old is laying on the floor with me, looking up. This is where I was like, this stuff is brilliant, because my two-year-old was looking up at this in, like, wonder. He wasn't like, this is so cheesy and goofy and weird and this creature, and I can see all the strings for the flying creatures and whatever. He lo- he was looking up at it like, this is this is badass, man. This is amazing. Yeah. He, my two-year-old sat quietly and watched frickin' Godzilla. We're, we're now Godzilla fans in the house. <laughs> That's I'm gonna cool. be I'm gonna be that... watching more because, my God, I'll take that over Bob the Builder and all that other oh, bullshit yeah. any day. But he was he was into it, man. Like, it was awesome. Uh, so anyway, that's my Godzilla wrap up. I have one more uh, movie that I'd like to talk about, but okay. I will throw it back to you. Okay. Uh, next up for me, I'm going to just briefly. I've got two more that I'd like to talk about real quick. Um, one is Alfred Hitchcock's 1972 movie Frenzy. Mm. I've been wanting to start getting into a little bit older movies, not, not necessarily older movies, but more, you know, movies that I generally wouldn't have watched to begin with, I guess. And it's always good to expand. um, Yeah. I want to expand and I, and you know, I don't have a whole lot of, of history with Alfred Hitchcock. I've watched obviously Psycho and the birds, but I don't think I've watched anything else from him. Uh, so, I mean, like, I, I need to watch, uh, um... Rope you should watch. The... Rope is one that you should watch. Uh, Rear Window is required. Viewing. Rear Window, that, yeah. It's, Rear Wind- it's not, it's so, not so, as great as everybody says, but it's one that you need to check off the list. North by Northwest okay. is good, though. You need to watch that one. Yes, and I haven't seen any of those. And, but Frenzy, I believe, was his last movie. And it was good. Uh, it, it was very British. Um, <laughs> but it, it was a bit too long... But to make up for that, we had really good acting. But it was a you know a, a wrongfully accused type thing, and the cops are after the wrong guy, and there's a serial killer. Um, but it was good. Uh, it, it was like I said, it went along a little too long, and the ending was way too abrupt, almost kung fu comical abrupt. Um, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Uh, but but the Blu-ray, I have it on Blu-ray, and the Blu-ray looked so good that it's like wow. I feel like. Someone just just made this movie and they said it in 1972, but but I wanted to because we've never talked about Alfred Hitchcock on this show. I thought 
at the very least, I want to just bring up the fact that I did watch Frenzy, so our Alfred Hitchcock fans out there do know that I'm I'm trying to expand no, and that's broaden good. my horizon. That's good. I've, us, I've, I've us, only seen a handful of, of it. I mean, I've uh, obviously Psycho and the Birds are my favorite. Uh, North by Northwest, I really liked. Rear Window, eh, it was okay. Um, and Rope was was very interesting, but I mean, that's like, what, five or six out of 30 of his movies? I mean, he's made so many. I And I haven't yeah. seen him either. Yeah. Yeah, and I wanted to definitely touch on an Alfred Hitchcock movie before the last movie that I talk about, because uh, it's the opposite of that. Okay, well, hold on. <laughs> hold that. Let me do okay, my last yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I watched, boy, I should actually bring up the synopsis of this one, since I only understood half of it. Um... And this was a, I believe this was a 2014 movie, and it was just recently added to Netflix, and it was one that I was really looking forward to seeing, so I ran at the chance to watch it, starring Antonio Banderas, Antonio Banderas, and robots, Automata, in a dystopian future, an insurance adjuster for a tech company investigates a robot killed for violating protocol and discovers a global conspiracy. And the uh, robot violation he was talking about is that uh, a robot was repairing itself. Because no robot, they have two protocols. One, the robot can't allow any human or any life to be harmed. And two, um, robot can't alter itself. So finding a robot repairing itself makes everybody go nuts. And they're like, oh my god, they're taking over Skynet. (laughs) <laughs> so everybody stop because pretty soon Pecker's going to show up. Okay. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> We're not going to go there. We're not. Um, nope. <laughs> so anyway, you know, I, I as a sci-fi guy, I, I enjoyed it. It was, uh, I'll give it a passing grade. Um, I don't know that you would like it. You might want to give it a shot. I don't know. I don't know. You might think it's okay but it's pretty damn slow and it's artistic um lots of shots of feet in the sand and slow walking and these robots do not kick ass they are not like irobot where all of a sudden they just take off and run like crazy and are super ninjas they they don't do that although one could make the argument this could be a spiritual sequel to the will smith irobot movie Mm. um it has a lot of the same things going on with robot protocols, and you can't do that, but then they did it. Oh, no, all hell's breaking loose. It had some interesting ideas and interesting concepts, but then it's still got the borderline rednecky douchebags that are like, I'm going to shoot you in the head because you think too much, and, oh, you helped a robot. I'm going to shoot you, too. Where I'm just, They just bring all of the uh, progressive ideas to a screeching halt. And it yeah. just turns it back into a movie. I don't know. Okay. I, I don't want to dog this movie too much because it feels like they did a lot with a small budget. And the lot that they did looked great. Um, I just... I, I, the trailer sold me as more of a, a more action-y uh, kind of thing going on. I didn't think they had to be so introverted and uh, touchy-feely when they could have piped up the... Uh, get my blood pumping a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have to be Will Smith driving against a green screen and, you know, whatever. Yeah. But punched up a hair, man. I mean, come on. It, you know, you're trying a little too hard to be emotional. Um, so there you have it. The sci-fi guy says, I'll give it a pass. You, I don't know. You didn't like the machine. 
Um, no. Ugh, it's hard for me to say that you really <laughs> push for you to watch it. You might want to give it a shot. Maybe you'll be into it. But uh, yeah. if you feel if you want to scratch the sci-fi itch and try something different, maybe give it a shot. If you're not into the first half an hour, it's more like that. I, I will say okay. that about the first... Uh, it was at the 40-minute mark. I checked because I wanted to say it. At the 40-minute mark, there was kind of a turn of the film where I was like, oh, wow, I'm involved now. That was sweet. That was sweet. One little action scene. You'll know it when it happens. Let's just say it involves a taxi cab. You will know it when it happens. Uh, okay, cool. If you are if you get to that point and you're, you're still like, eh, I'm still not really into it, then just give up. But I enjoyed it for what it was. I guess I'll say that. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, the last movie that I have is, uh, like I said, the opposite of anything that Alfred Hitchcock would ever do. And I'm, I, I touch on this movie and this director, uh, for two full episodes on my own show, but I wanted to at least bring it up here mainly because of what it takes to make a super, super, super low budget movie. And that is Olaf Eatenbach. Oh God. Uh, yeah. Uh, his movie, the burning moon. And I have a big history with this movie and you'll listen to my show. If you, if you're at all interested in the backstory, but, um, complete and a hundred percent do it yourself. Filmmaking the likes of which we used to do back, uh, 10 years ago. And it took him many, many years to do this. Shot on, I think, probably VHS or close to it. Uh, but he has carved himself a niche in the in the world of horror. And I'll tell you, I, upon rewatching The Burning Moon, it is still one of the harshest things I have ever seen. Really? It is so hardcore. Is it and because is, it's like a rapey, or is it because it's No, just, no, no, okay. no. It's just so freaking violent and gory, and it, it's just so... It, it, it helps the fact that it was shot on VHS, pretty much, um, but it just is dirty, and it just feels like something I shouldn't be... You shouldn't be watching this. Like, this is wrong for some reason. Uh, and it's a, it's he makes an anthology... It's an anthology movie. Uh, the wraparound is this drugged-out... Uh, teenager is telling his sister or some young girl these horrible stories, and of course Olaf Eatenbach is actually the guy that's telling this little girl stories, and the the, the two stories are are really bad, but the second one in particular uh, is just oh, and it's like this guy is like throwing everything in the kitchen sink into this six thousand dollar budget movie or whatever, and again it's. It is such a niche thing that there is only a very, very, very small percentage of the population that would appreciate something like this. But I like to, to talk about it because of the years that it took him to make this. And we've talked about this before, like even with Christopher Nolan, is that sometimes filmmakers, I mean, it takes them years to get movies made. And, you know, I, I will give him props for at a very, very young age, getting VHS cameras and getting his friends together and making movies. And he, he has gone on to be, he's kind of a big special effects guy. He, that's yeah. his biggest thing is, is special. And he's really, really good at special effects. Oh, there's no, not d- so no much, doubt about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not, not, not so much directing, but <laughs> he, he keeps on directing movies and they are just hardcore. So, so you have the Blu-ray of this now. No, it's not. No, it's okay. on. I have the. D, I bought the DVD of it, uh, which is the only DVD I know that's available that actually has English subtitles to it. Um, I I'm not sure if you did. You, I know you've watched at least one Olaf Eaton. I've watched movie a before. few of them. Yeah. Okay, but this thing is. It's again for the zero point zero 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 one percent of the population that would be 
into this, and those are the people that go to the goth clubs, and I, it's just, it's <laughs> such a niche thing, but for some reason, I just, I, uh, Hey, you're all yeah. about the soft underbelly, that's okay, I, no and that is, it. yeah. That's so, cool, I, you anyway. piqued my interest, and I know that five minutes into watching that, I'll be like, oh, you son of a bitch, you talked me into watching <laughs> another Olaf yeah, and the, movie. The thing is, you have to wade through a lot of, ugh, I mean, now it's it's the acting is so bad that it's like okay this is kind of comical but then they get into the violent bloodshed and you're like this is just this is horrible yeah this is the stuff that is going on on screen I should not be watching this stuff because it's so horrible it's probably um, because but, of the way it was shot with VHS cameras and stuff it makes it feel more real like the wraparound of the first VHS movie it was uncomfortable yeah. it's uncomfortable in those scenes because it feels so uh, real I guess because yeah natural. yeah it, Yes, and, and and we're talking. Uh, it may, it reminded me of the movies that we we made. Yeah. Is let's go to the local butcher shop and see how much cow guts we can get into a bucket <laughs> because we're going to throw that on our actors. And <laughs> so anyway, I know that that this, that is the farthest thing even from movie freaks. It's no, you're I fine. No, no, no. We accept any movie here. Okay. So, anything else you want to add? If not, we're going to wrap it up. That's it. Okay, then. Uh, as always, you can get a hold of us at moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Please visit our friends cinemasidekicks.com and cinemasoftunderbelly on iTunes. Uh, we are on YouTube and on Facebook, Movie Freaks Pod. Uh, we will give you just enough information to not be annoying, but impress your friends around the water cooler with your up-to-date information of what is coming soon in the cinema. And as for coming soon, we are going to have... I Again, I meant to talk to Steven today and didn't get around to it, or Ty. And uh, I'm sure we're going to do a pre-Oscars thing, uh, Megapod. I want to yes. do that, and I wanted to... Um, debut the or debut um unleash the oscar competition once again as i do every year uh usually it's on the movie freaks page and i give away prizes and shit uh where i pick some categories from the oscars and you have to tell me who's gonna win and then after the oscar show i'll get i'll mail you some free shit why not um but i figured we'd do that on the Megapod, that way I could get your guys' entries on the episode, and it would be interesting to see who you think is going to win what. But we need the Oscar nominations to be released, and we need to set up that Megapod. Okay, that's going to be it for this episode. As always, I'm Eric Marner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Thanks.